Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. I wanted to bring a message to you centered around fathers because it is Father's Day, but just like everything, and I think this is something we can all pull from. And so um, look at your neighbor and say, it's for you. All right. And so now that we're, we've all there, I, if, if you'll let me, um, I grew up with an amazing father. And Pastor Dan is, uh, has been an amazing father to me and to so many. And so, and so I'm super grateful. Um, and so I, I want to talk to you a little bit today about what it means to be a, a good father. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to tell a few stories about him, if you'll let me. Okay. And so uh, some of them you may be able to use against him later. Uh, and so, <laughs> but nonetheless, he, uh, a great father, he, was, uh, he, he brought comfort into my life when I needed it. He also brought conviction by way of a leather belt with a buckle on. No, I'm just kidding. So um, he, he was was there for me no matter what. Um, but he also had lines. So he, he was there to comfort me, but he also had lines that you didn't cross. Uh, one of the lines you didn't cross in our house is you didn't disrespect my mom. All right. So you could wild out a little bit with him, but if you got sideways on my mom, uh, and I remember uh, I've I, the hallway in their house right now, um, I'm pretty sure still has a small dent in it for my shoulder blade from him encouraging me not to disrespect my mother. Um, and, uh, and we may have had to fix that garage door once or twice from the same type of encouragement. All right. And so uh, if you've ever been discipled by me, you know where I get it from. All right. So encouragement in Jesus name. Okay. So, um, but he was a great father. I say all that. Some of you guys are like, oh man, no wonder Pastor Brad turned out the way he did. You can, uh, you can actually thank him. For all that, but we also had a blast. Um, I believe he showed me what a family needs in a powerful way, uh, and more importantly, I think he modeled Christ for me. And I think that uh, today I want to talk to you about what your family needs. So turn to your neighbor and say, "What your family needs." I want to talk today about what your family needs. And yes, this is a message where we're catering it to fathers, but listen to me, maybe you're, a, maybe you're a single mom out there. Maybe you're just a single person out there. Maybe you don't have any kids. Listen to me, the, what, what I'm about to give you is important for you no matter where you're at in life. But if you're a father out there, this is especially important for you where you are in life. And so I just want to give you, we're going to move quickly into it for today, but um, what your family needs. And, and the very first thing, especially if you're a father, one of the things your family needs is that you would be the example in prayer. That you would be the example in prayer. Say prayer. Praying for anything and everything. My dad, I remember he prayed for us like, like no other. I mean, my mom prayed for us behind the scenes like constantly. My dad, I remember every time we went on a road trip, my dad was like, let's pray. And I was like, this is weird because we're in the driveway and... People were passing by with their dogs, you know, and he's like, let's, let's just pray right here. And I was like, we could have done this inside, but cool. All right, so, um, and so he, he would pray over us, and, and I think that it's so important. I don't think I know. The Bible says that it's so important that our house be houses of prayer. Because listen to me, your prayer is your connection to God. And so we need to have houses of prayer, but hear me, and I, and I feel like for far too long here recently, Men have surrendered the prayer journey of their home to their wives. And I think that it's important that men, you recognize prayer starts with you and then it moves to your wife. Your wife should be the second most praying person in your house. 
if you're married. If you're single, there's one option. So you, you should be the most praying. I guess you still are, no matter how much you pray. Anyway, that doesn't matter. So, uh, but we, as fathers and as husbands, we need to be the most praying person in our house. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says it like this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Say continually. That means you should always be praying. And especially fathers, you got a lot to pray for. I mean, your kids are losing their mind. Your wife can't figure out what restaurant she wants to eat at. Right? And it's a lot to pray about. So, but in all honesty, how many guys know we live in a crazy world? And, and if it's just for you, if it's for you and your wife if you're married, and if it's for you, your wife, and your children if you're a father today, hear me, there's a lot to pray about. This world is losing its mind, right? And we need to pray for our children, pray for our spouse if we're married, pray for just ourselves if we're by ourselves. But, man, we need to be connected to God. And it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How often do we treat God kind of like a glorified candy man? Like the ice cream man that's going down the street and you're like, this is a convenient time for me to run out there and get one of those uh, Ninja Turtle popsicles with the eye rolled the opposite direction, right? So, um, <laughs> but how often do we find ourselves in that type of place with God where we're like, oh man, this is when I need something. Hey God, I know I haven't talked to you since the last time I needed something, but, but what the Bible says is we should actually be continually connected to God. Hear me, because that's the best place you can be. And, and so that's so important. I, I, I Pastor Dan, my, da, my dad, um, like, he's always the one that reminds us to pray for the food. Now, here's the deal. I believe this wholeheartedly. I don't think meal time's the time to catch up on your prayer life. All right? So y'all know some people out there like, dear Heavenly Father. You know, and then you get some Pentecostals in the group. I got to tell you the story. We were, I was preaching at a church, uh, and they brought me and my wife in. We were going in. So we were doing a leadership session on Saturday. We were preaching on Sunday, Friday and Saturday, and then we were preaching on Sunday. So we were there for the meal. They had us for lunch on Saturday. So we get in there. We're starving, okay? Like, we didn't eat breakfast. We were walking through the city. We get up there. This is in the Bronx. We're getting ready to eat. And so they get there, and they lay all the food out. And I was like, this is it, baby. All, all like Almost all Puerto Rican in the church. It's like 60% Puerto Rican. 39% African-American, and then me and Ashley, okay? It was fantastic. <laughs> Felt like high school. It was awesome. So I was like, all right, here we go. So I was going to go in on this food, and then they start covering the food up. I'm like, we're all here. Why are we covering the food up? And they said, let's pray. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and so... Um, they start praying, and this is, by the way, like, I'm, we're in spirit-filled Bronx Pentecostal church, right? And so there's some see my bow ties on this side and some, like, we're speaking in tongues over here. And I'm like, guys, this is rice and chicken. Like, this is as anointed as it gets. We don't need to, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't think meal time is time to catch up on your prayer life. But my dad, he's the one that always reminds me because I'm ready to go in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm ready to eat. And so... Um, but he, he's the prayer type. He even blesses the appetizers. So like, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, he blesses the app. Like, can we all make an agreement that appetizers are pre-blessed? <laughs> so like, we're only praying for the entrees. Those cheese sticks 
I don't need nourishment to my body on fried cheese. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, so, so just, we're just going to, we're going to move, right? I don't know if you're pre-chip, post-chip. I don't know, but like, but we're going to, so we're going to, anyway, he'll, he'll pray over the appetizer. Like, so we'll be out to eat. And I'm like, appetizers hit the table. You know what I'm about to do, right? You know what I'm saying? I want the first cheese stick because that's the one that gets the good stretch. You know, so I'm like, that one's mine. I'm getting like, he's like, let's pray. And I'm like. And I always say it under my breath like a disrespectful 12-year-old. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, for the appetizer? <laughs> He's like looking at me like, let's pray. Like I'm not a pastor too. You know what I mean? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I say all that to say, in all seriousness, though, hear me, dads, I know stress can have you going crazy. I know it can have you. You got a lot to worry about. Just as a person in society today, but especially as a father and a or as a husband, or both, man, there's a lot to worry about out there. And, I, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, you got to remember who's ultimately responsible for your life and how important it is to be connected to the one that is responsible for your life in our lives, right? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Listen, I was anxious about cutting my grass yesterday, right? Like, I was literally standing in the air conditioning, looking out the window, like, I don't think I want to do that, Right, (laughs) But let's move past the heat index for a second and let's move to your job that you may be worried about or your kids that you're not sure how that's going to end up or or your marriage that, man, you're you're still trying to figure it all out, man. But he says, don't be anxious about anything. But that's what he say. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and then the peace of God which transcends all understanding. In other words, which makes no sense at all. The peace of God that doesn't even make sense for you, it'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I think that's what we need. Listen, I don't need to be the master of my own destiny. I just need to have a lot of faith in the one that is. And so, dads, but also just brothers and sisters in Christ, man, this is where we need to be. Because I don't know about you, life can be overwhelming. It's overwhelming for me, and I know it is for you. And this is where we need to be connected. So we need to be the one leading in prayer. But the next thing is we also need to build a culture of laughter. Listen, if you hang out with me, we're going to laugh. It may be at somebody else's expense, but we are going to laugh. All right? So there may be one person that's not. But listen to me, dads, get some fun in your house. Like, get some, fun, get some laughter in your house. Quit being all serious all the time. Golly. I hang out with some dads, and I'm like, yo, you need to laugh more. Or at least just let's start with smiling. That would be a good start. Right? But I, I say that jokingly, but, man, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine. Some translations say laughter is good like medicine. Like, we all feel better after a good laugh. Anybody ever laugh so hard that the next day your abs hurt? You're like, oh, there those are. <laughs> right? Like, man, you need to laugh in your home. I remember me and my family went on vacation with the Wilbanks family uh, a long time ago. and we, uh, So I was like, I've got an idea. And so we had bought the remote control fart machines. <sighs> all right? And so... We had taken that, and I was like, listen, if we get bored in Tennessee, this is going to be the saving grace right here. 
And we had more fun with that thing than we've ever had with anything else in my life. And I'll never forget, we went to a Walmart and Danny Wilbanks, who is Sandy Wilbanks' husband, who is, he's with the Lord now. Um, he put that, he was an old country boy, boots, country, just, oh man, we're going, like, he was like, you know, Dale Earnhardt's biggest fan, you know what I mean? Just like, he was out there, you know what I mean? Dale's not dead, he's just a lap ahead, you know what I mean? Like that kind of guy. So, so he, and he was out there. And so he, uh, he put the, the fart machine in his pocket, right? And was, you know, in Walmart, they got the poles out front. And he was just leaning over the pole, acting like his stomach was hurting. So he's like, oh, oh, and I'm sitting on the bench right next to it. Like, this is Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And every time somebody would get ready to walk by, I would just hit that button, you know. You know? And so he was like, oh. And I'll never forget looking at my dad and some of our family was sitting in the van just off to the side. So the women were shopping. All the guys were playing with the fart machine, which is exactly how it should be. And so he's in there, and I'm hitting the button. And I'll never forget. I'm looking at my dad. And I, I can't hear him, but I can see him through the windshield just chuck, like laughing. His face is turning purple. He's laughing so much. And Danny Wilbanks, he had this little chipmunk smile. So he would, he would, oh, and he would look over and the big little chubby cheeks, chipmunk smile. He'd be laughing and the people walk by, oh my God. Right? And listen, you need to find something you can laugh at, man. You need to find something you can laugh at. I know for a fact, because some of you have told me, one of the reasons you come to this church is when you leave, you feel better because at least you got to laugh a little bit. And like, for real, like if that works for you, because some of you, I'm, and this isn't me hating on other churches. I get it. Every church has a purpose, right? And so we're not the only church in town. We're not, I don't, you know, I'm not saying we're the best church in town. I'm just saying we have a way we do things, and we want you to leave feeling better than when you walked in, all right? And part of that is because we laugh here. Listen, some of us just need that in our home. Me and my wife laugh more than anything else. She's my, I love to make her laugh. And listen, some of us need to get that back in our spirit and in our home. Let's laugh a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If you see something stupid, call it stupid. You know what I'm like? Just whatever. And so let's laugh a little bit. You know, when Christ is at the center, rejoicing is part of your life anyways. And that's what I want us to grab a hold of. I mean, in Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Come on, some of you heard this before. This is the day that the Lord has made. I, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Right? And listen, I'm here to tell you, fathers in particular, but this is for everybody, fathers in particular, if you wake up every day looking for what's wrong, you're going to find it. Matter of fact, I used to say it this way, this isn't your notes, but you can have it free. You'll find everything you're looking for. If you're looking for misery, you'll find it. And if you're looking for joy, you'll find it. All right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, you'll find whatever you're looking for. So go looking for rejoicing Instead of sorrow or misery or frustration, because if you're looking for that, you'll find that too. So let's put some laughter back in our homes. Next, lead your family with instruction that is seen and heard. Lead your family with instruction that's seen and heard. And all of us have gotten instruction that was only heard but never seen. But some of us, we need to... Fathers, we need to see the instruction as much as we hear it. I remember parent, hearing parents be like, do as I say, not as I, because that works so well. Instruction that's seen and heard. 
That's why it's so important, right? I, I've brought this up in other sermons before, and I've talked about how my dad uh, was oftentimes teaching me when I didn't even know he was teaching me. Me and my dad had one college conversation in my entire life. And he sat down with me. It was, my, it was my junior year in high school. He had mentioned things over the years, but it was my junior year in high school. I'll never forget. And in junior, your junior year is when all the colleges start showing up and the military guys, and they're trying to recruit you, and you're meeting with your guidance counselor. And So some of you, your guidance counselor conversation was like, hey, listen, you're really good. We need to tighten these grades up, get from B's to A's, and you can get scholarships. All right? Some of our guidance counselor conversations were not like that. It was like, hey, listen, you just need to get it together to get out of here at all, okay? So, but I remember, I remember my dad sat down with me, and we had one college conversation. It was my junior year of high school, and I remember coming home, and I was like, he said, what, what was, well, you know, what did you do at school today? And so I was like, man, the colleges were there, and the recruiters were there, and all that stuff, and, you know, they're doing the whole thing, and, you know, and I, and I said, he said, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't, know, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, you know, not winging it, but I'm just kind of out here, like, and, uh, and he said, here's the deal. He said, I'm not going to make you go to college. I'm not even going to push you to go to college. He said, if you want to go to college, you go to college. We'll figure it out together. And we'll make sure you get there. He said, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. He said, but make me this promise. He said, whatever you do, you become the best at it, better than anyone, and you start the business and you let people work for you. You don't work for them the rest of your life. And I said, yes, sir. He said, all right. Before I was 29 years old, I had started four companies, sold three of them, and shut down one. And part of that was because my dad put something in me, and I watched him be an entrepreneur. I watched him be aggressive towards making sure that he earned everything. And hear me, it was something that was seen and heard. Now, I'm not here bashing college. I'm saying college wasn't something for me, but I had a dad who looked at me and said, maybe it's not for you. But let's make sure you're the best you can be, and let's make sure that you're successful wherever you go. And I appreciate that, because if I would have went to college, that would have been bad news. I wouldn't be here right now. I can tell you that right now. But Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And dads, I think that it's important, and people, just in general, but definitely fathers, I think it's important that we grab a hold of this reality that we need to instruct in our homes. We need to teach in our homes, right? We need to lead in our homes. We need to give insight in our homes. We need to talk about what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. Listen, inside the home with your children is the moment you start molding their minds on what is and is not acceptable. Listen, don't let the school system do it. For God's sakes, don't let the school system do it. But hear me, also don't wait for our teachers to do it either. Let our teachers supplement what you're doing in your home. Let our student ministry, let Nate and those, and those leaders, let Lydia and those teachers in TC Kids, let them supplement what you're doing in the home as the parent who is leading your children towards God. Lead with instruction and teach them what to do. Ephesians 6.4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, this is what I think is really important, though, because it's not just worldly teaching we need to give our kids an instruction. It's not just conversations about college or the military that we need to have with our kids, but it's also conversations about the Lord we need to have with our kids. 
It's also conversations about who Jesus is and, and engaging with the presence of God. But hear me, it's not just in our conversations. It needs to be in our actions. So if, hear me, if your family never sees you open your Bible, don't tell them how important it is for them to open theirs. If your family never sees you pray, don't tell them how important it is for them to pray. And I think this is so important. I, I remember um, growing up, man, I remember seeing my mom pray. My, my mom would walk out of the, her, her bedroom sometimes and she was crying. And I would always know that one of us was about to lose the boyfriend or girlfriend we were dating between me and my siblings. Because she had just prayed them out of our life. She was like, her and God had a moment. And it's like, oh boy, y'all, one of y'all better get ready. Because we fixed it. <laughs> like, like, man, she was connected to God. My dad was the same way. He was connected to God. So he would pray. And I remember going to 21 days of prayer and growing up in church. And here's one thing about my dad. He honored the presence of God so much that it encouraged me to do the same. He didn't just teach me about it with his mouth. He showed me with his actions. And I think all of us can grab a hold of that. And so we're talking about instruction. We're talking about uh, laughter. We've talked about prayer. But hear me, I think it's also next. We need to capitalize on moments of courage and faith. We need to capitalize on moments of courage and faith. How many of you guys have noticed that moments of courage are usually stressful? I'll ask it again. How many of you guys have noticed that moments of courage are usually stressful? Like, <laughs> when you have the moment where you get to be courageous, there's also like, I don't know if I want to be courageous right now. Right? Like, there's moments of courage. So it's in the moments of courage that you'll be tempted. Hear me, dads. I want you to grab a hold of this for a second. It's in the moments where you have the chance to be courageous that you'll also be tempted to be angry, frustrated, annoyed, too consumed with whatever you're working on. It's in moments where you have to choose between courage and anger. It's in moments that you have a chance to be courageous that you'll have to choose between being courageous and being frustrated. It's, it's in moments where things are too busy, when things are too stressful, when you don't know how, what the answer is to something, and little Johnny comes up and grabs you around your knee and is like, let's go throw the baseball. And you're like, I don't want to throw the baseball right now. Like, I'm trying to, like, punch this refrigerator. It's in moments where things are stressful that you have to choose between courage and anger. And I want to encourage you as fathers, there's a lot of things biting for your time and your attention right now. There's a lot of things that are causing you, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you do have kids, don't have kids, there's a lot of things that are pulling on your attention. And hear me, we need to make sure that moments of courage can show up for us so much because we're not too consumed with things of this world. When we're too consumed, too consumed with the things of this world, that's when courage and faith goes down and anger, frustration, and bitterness goes up. And we need to be connected to what God is doing. So choose courage and faith. But hear me, I want to encourage you with this. It will be a choice. It will be a choice for you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, say courageous, and be strong. Right? 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Some translations say a sound mind. And so, dads, can I encourage you with something? Get some grit into your life. Like, some of you dads, you need to get some tenacity 
behind you. Like, like there should be an element to who you are. Listen, your children should feel the safest around you, but they should also be like, dad's a little crazy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know, right? In such a way, in a similar way that we also look at God. Like, think about it. When we look at God, we feel safe with God, but we also have a bit of a fear of God. Am I right? And our family should feel that way towards us. We feel safe with him. It's like, I'm also not going to get crazy here either. Like, I think that that's really important. I knew my dad had a soft side, but I also know you don't want that smoke. Right? Got like an OG gangster thing going on. You know? I remember uh, growing up, we were, I was really young. I was like six years old when this happened, but uh, we went fishing. Uh, one of the reasons I don't go fishing anymore. Uh, and so... We went fishing, we got in, we were going on a lake, this is up in Kentucky, so we went out on this lake, so we, we get to the, the lake, we flip the little John boat over, right, and so we're paddling out on the lake, we're going to fish in this lake, and, and so um, we get out there, and again, I'm maybe five or six years old, but I still remember this to this day, because I was terrified, and so um, I'm like, hey, dad, and he's like, hold on, and it was me, my dad, and a couple of us said, hey, dad, he said, hold on, I'm like, dad? He said, hold on. And you parents, you already know. Like, dad, 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 dad. Say dad one more time, and you're going in this lake. All right? So, and I was like, dad. And he said, hold, hold on. I was like, dad. He said, what? And I said, there's a snake wrapping around my foot. And so, you know how when you're a kid, you know something's bad, but you don't know how bad it is? You know what I'm saying? So, there was a cotton mouth wrapping around my leg. I'm like five or six years old, but I don't know what a cotton mouth is, okay? So, like, I have no idea. And so, it's wrapping around my leg. He leans over, and he goes, and, like, he don't freak out, so I don't freak out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, as a kid, I'm looking at him like, is this a bad thing? You know what I mean? Like, you know, he was like, don't move. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. So, um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm not moving, and it's going around my leg. And I'm like, hmm. And he grabs the paddle. And he reaches over my shoulder and he kind of puts the paddle right on the neck of the snake and slams it down into the boat. And he just takes his knife out of his hip and just cuts the head off the snake. And I was like, you can just do that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm five. Like, you can just, you just cut heads off snakes? Like, you know, I thought we were supposed to run. Like, I don't know. But we were in a boat, and he just puts a paddle on, cuts the head off the snake, and then uses the paddle, pushes the head in the water, throws the snake in the water. And here's the crazy part. We didn't stop fishing. I was done. Let's go home, right? Like, I need a Hot Pocket and some Cheez-Its right now and a Capri Sun. That's what I need. This is stressful, you know? And he was like, oh, no, we still got fish to catch. And I was like, you got fish to catch. I'm done with this, right? But here's the deal. I knew my dad was like a gangster. He grew up in the backwoods of Quincy, Florida. You know how crazy you got to be just to make it out of there? You know, it's like he just, then he like moved to Lakeland and you just, then he moved to the Bronx. Started ministry in the Bronx in the 80s, reaching prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers, everything under the sun. And um, I say all that to say is you don't want that smoke. That's why I said that. I remember going with him, uh, we were reaching families here in town, and uh, long story short, we had a family come to us, husband and wife, they just got clean, um, then the husband got hooked back on drugs, and uh, not, not to get too vulgar, but the husband got the wife hooked back on drugs, 
so that he could start pimping her out for drugs. And Pastor Dan found out about it. And if you know Pastor Dan, that means none of us are sleeping until this woman is found. That's what that means, by the way. So it was like, oh, cool. All right. Um, and so, but he wouldn't get on the, like, we got on the phone. Well, he did get on the phone, so he's like, we're trying to find this couple. And so he finally finds the couple. And they're, uh, they're in this raggedy, like, crack hotel down Mobile Highway. Some of you know Mobile Highway, know enough to know exactly what I'm talking about. So he so pulls up to there and knocks on the door. And uh, I can't believe I'm telling this story. This is crazy, right? Um, so he knocks on the door. And they open the door. There's a number of men in the bedroom. She's in the bedroom. I'll just put it like that. And uh, he says, she's coming with me. And they go, no, no, she's not. He said, okay. And he walked downstairs to his truck, got 45 reasons why she should come out of that room, <laughs> walked back upstairs, knocked on the door again, and showed the 45 reasons why she was coming out of that room to them and said, she's coming with me. And they went, got out the way. And he got her out of the room, put her in the truck, drove her, sent her to New York to a rehab clinic. Now her and her family and all that. She's been remarried, and she's serving in a church faithfully somewhere else. Just to complete that story. So um, I, I always forget to complete the story. You know what I mean? I just move on. Like, what happened? And so that's what happened. And so just so you know, uh, the reason I tell that story is so that you would know, don't ever cross Pastor Dan in a dark alley. That's really why I tell that story. I'm just kidding. I tell that story because... In this day and age, you need to have some backbone to your life, men, if you're going to lead families well. So you need to laugh, but you also need to have something to you that makes the world around you know this group of people is off limits. You may get crazy out there, but you're not getting crazy with this group. These are my kids. This is my wife. If you're married, if you have kids, like this is my family. Don't think you can get crazy with this group. And I I always honored my father because he always made that abundantly clear. And then lastly, instill compassion for others. So as much as you didn't want that smoke, my dad was also the most compassionate person I've ever seen in my life. I've truly never seen a more compassionate person. He says his dad was more compassionate than him. I never saw that side of my grandfather, but if, his, if my grandfather is the reason my dad turned out the way he is, then it's unbelievable. And I say that I've never seen him miss a chance to impact somebody else's life, even when we didn't really have time that day. Like we're in a hurry, and he sees someone on the street corner, and I'm like, he's like, I'm going to give them some money. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I think we're going to pull up to the streetlight. He's going to roll the window down. He's going to hand him $5. No, what that means is he's going to pull into the parking lot, get out of the truck, and we're going to have a 20-minute conversation about their history, their life, how they got to where they are, and how much Jesus loves them. And before they leave, they're going to know that God is real, Jesus loves them and died for them, and that he can change their life, um, even if we don't have time that day. But he's so compassionate for people. I've seen him give the jacket he was wearing to a homeless man in the freezing cold. I've seen him take the shoes literally off of his feet and give them to a homeless person. I've watched him buy food for lunch with the only cash we've had. I've seen a mom and a child on the street and I've watched, I've, I've been with him when we went and we only had cash and he bought Burger King for me and him. Um, and then he saw a mom and a daughter and they didn't have any food and he took our Burger King and gave it to them. Not his Burger King and gave it to them. <laughs> Our Burger King and gave it to them. I've seen him with waitresses, Lowe's employees. I've seen him at the dump while we're throwing fences away. Never miss an opportunity 
to engage people, delivery people, speak to them with the love of a father. And I've literally watched grown men and women weep in his presence because he carried God's presence with him. And hear me, you do not need something supernatural that you can obtain. You do not need to be a pastor. You just need to be someone that loves God and loves people. You need to have compassion for people. And honest to God, man, I wish I was better at it. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's what we should have on ourselves. And like I said, I'll be honest with you, man. I wish I was better about asking what would Jesus do. Like I'll be, I, Can I, honest moment of transparency from me to you? I'm not the best at that. Pastor Dan is way better, better at it than I am. Like, he's so good at seeing people. I'm so, I, like, I'm the get the job done. Anybody get the job done people? Where, where the get the job done people at? Just raise your hand real quick, all right? Right? And so I'm not like, I'll go right past somebody and be like, they'll be like, oh, did you see that family back there? And I'm like, I did not see that family back there. It's just me being honest, right? Um, I, there are moments where I often ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? But I just, I'm, I'm going to be real straight with you. There's a lot of moments I forget to do that. It's not my first instinct. But in the moments where I forget to ask, what would Jesus do? Because how many guys know sometimes it's hard. Because we don't see Jesus right in front of us, it's sometimes hard to remember what would Jesus do. Can we just all be honest in here for a minute, right? We don't see Jesus all the time. We don't see him right here. So we don't see it. And because we don't see it, sometimes we can forget, Right? Look at your neighbor say, I forget sometimes. All right, so we're all honest in here now. I'm not as good at it as I wish I was. But here's what I do want you to know. More often than I think, what would Jesus do? This is what I do think about sometimes. What would my dad do right now? I never got to see Jesus love people. But I did get to see my dad love people. I never got to see Jesus minister to homeless people and and give money to somebody and do all this. I didn't get to see that. But I did get to see Jesus do it through somebody else. And, and what I encourage you today on those days, I'm really glad I had a dad that showed me what Jesus would do. Even when I forget what Jesus would do. And I say all that to say is. Our greatest goal is to make sure that when life makes it hard for people to see God, at least they can see him in us. I'm gonna say it again. I think it may pop up on your notes, I don't know. Our greatest goal is to make sure that when life makes it hard for people to see God, at least they can see him in us. I say all that to say, the true test is found in Philippians 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being, in, uh, being one in spirit and of one mind. And this is where it picks up in verse three. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's what it looks like to follow Christ. And so, dads, I've given you a list of, of what you need in your life. You need prayer. You need laughter. We need instruction. We need courage. And we need compassion. I want to give you a quick list of what you don't need. 
Can I do that real quick? And then we'll end today. What you don't need, perfection. Your family doesn't need perfection out of you. Abundance. I remember there was a poll one time where they interviewed kids and the kid, they asked the kids, what is it you wish your dad gave you more of? And not one single kid said money or toys. But how often do we as fathers spend more time trying to do so much so that we can give them the thing they're not asking for rather than giving the thing that they are asking for because all of them said, I wish I had more time with my dad. Abundance isn't on the list. Next, apathy. Indifference, in other words, like, ah, whatever. No, 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 no. Don't be apathetic towards your family. Be intentional with your family, right? Next, distractions. We don't need distractions. And lastly, they don't need isolation. Don't be the dad that's always disappearing on your family. I mean, be present in the lives of your family. But hear me again, this isn't just for fathers. This list is for everybody. Listen, as believers, we can't, we don't, we can't obtain perfection. It's up to God to give us abundance. We can't afford apathy. We don't need to live a life that's distracted and we definitely don't need to be isolated. Because as believers, that's what it looks like. So if you did have a great father to look up to growing up, that's awesome, man. I wanna encourage you, look to Jesus. If you didn't have a great father, if you did have a great father, but here's one thing I want you to grab a hold of as we wrap this up today. Here's the reality, right? Is this list isn't really about fathers. This list is actually about Christ. This list isn't about what fathers are supposed to give to us. It's about what Jesus gives to us because Jesus is the leader for us, for what it means to pray, for what it means to laugh, for what it means to have courage, for what it means to have compassion, for what it means to give instruction. So even if you don't have the greatest father in the world to look up to, look to Christ because he can be your leader on what it means to be every single one of those things. Because as he leads us, we can make a difference in our world. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are leading us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're the greatest example. God, we thank you that you're a perfect example of a father. So, God, I pray right now for everyone that's here, for, for those that are in the room right now where as we've prayed and as we look to you, God, where we may not have the best example, we may not have the the best showing of what fatherhood really looks like. But God, when we look to you, we can see everything we need to be in you. So God, I pray as we strengthen, as we build ourselves, God, with prayer, as we build ourselves, Father, in laughter, we put more laughter into our home, as we, as we become better at instruction, both in our actions and in our words, God, as we God, look to be courageous in our lives. And as we look to have compassion on people, we would do all of those things, God, as followers of Jesus, not just as fathers, not just as husbands, but for all of us as people, God, we could represent you better to a world around us that needs to see Christ in us. So we thank you today for who you are. And God, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. With everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you are here and maybe you need Jesus in your life. You need, you know that there's some things in your life that have separated you from God. You've got sin like all of us have. You've 
had sin enter into your life, but you need the forgiveness of Jesus to come into your life. When he died on the cross, he paid for our sins, your sins and my sins, because we couldn't pay for them ourselves. And today, to be forgiven of your sins, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. And it was believed that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And hear me, they're gone. And you can now come close to God again. And today, if you need that forgiveness and you need a clean slate, a new beginning to give your life to God, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is just confessing with your mouth what you're believing in your heart. And that's that Jesus is who I'm giving my sin to. And he's going to make me completely whole. And so we're gonna, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer and the whole church will pray with you. So let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.